0: Uno, dos, one, two, tres, cuatro. Hi everyone, welcome to Around the World in 80s Movies. My name is Vince Leo, I'm the author of the film review website Quipster.net. I invite you to check out over 4,000 written reviews there anytime at Quipster.net. Been doing film reviews for 20 plus years, you can read them all, including a lot of films of the 1980s. Qwipster.net R.net is where to go. Today we're going to finish out the three romantic comedies in which a man gets involved with a woman of fantasy origins we're going to be looking at probably one of the most successful among them maybe the most successful it is splash it's a comedy fantasy film pg rated for brief nudity and language the cast includes tom hanks daryl hannah and john candy primarily eugene levy dodie goodman and sheki green get supporting roles the director is ron howard the screenplay credited to lowell gans babaloo mandel and bruce j friedman among many reasons splash is notable one of them happens to be that it's the first feature release from disney's more mature branded subsidiary in the movie making business that's Touchstone Pictures. I talked about a Touchstone movie several episodes ago for My Science Project. This was the first one. That one, I think, was the third one. It proved to be a big hit in Disney's departure from kid-friendly features. It cracked the top 10 in terms of domestic box office receipts for 1984. It also won the Golden Globe for Best Comedy or Musical. And despite more adult language, underlying sensuality, and some flashes of nudity, though really not very much because Daryl Hannah uses her long hair and Ron Howard employs some judicious camera angles to avoid nudity as much as possible. It does follow a bit of the Disney fairy tale plot, and that made it palatable as family viewing, believe it or not, despite all of those more adult oriented aspects to it. Tom Hanks here stars as Alan Bauer. Bauer's a fruit wholesaler who's unlucky in love. He's fresh from being dumped by his girlfriend because of a lack of attention and his inability to commit. Alan decides that he wants to get away from it all and return to Cape Cod, which is the place where he almost drowned as a young boy, only to be saved by an equally young mermaid. We see that in the prologue to the film. Upon trying to get to this island where he once traveled, he falls overboard once again. He cannot swim, only this time he's actually saved by that same mermaid now, all grown up, played by Daryl Hannah. Later on, the mermaid finds his wallet under the sea. She uses that to locate where Alan lives. She takes a trip to New York to find him. Her fishtail ends up turning into human legs when she's on dry land. When they're finally together, they end up falling in love. Problems ensue because... She still hasn't told Alan she's a mermaid and she has to return to the sea within a few days or she ends up risking dying, but she can't tell Alan that. And there's also this pesky scientist played by Eugene Levy who's out to make a name for himself by exposing to the world that there really are mermaids among us. Now, as far as the cast goes, Daryl Hannah is the primary delight in her breakthrough role as this so-called fish out of water, the mermaid, later dubbed Madison, which apparently it's kind of a funny line. She gets her name because they are looking at a sign that says Madison Avenue, and Tom Hanks' character says, Madison, that's not a name. Well, back then it wasn't. It ended up sparking that name to become more popular among American newborn girls and actually became, at some point, so popular as among the top five names given to newborn girls in the United States. As far as her name in the film, well, her real name is not only unpronounceable, but actually will shatter glass when uttered aloud as we come to find out. Daryl Hannah's fun, she's lighthearted. she's funny, she's romantic, she's playfully innocent in her character and she does all of those things while never losing a certain uninhibited sex appeal that's very critical for that role to work. So Hannah's a revelation. Unfortunately, future endeavors wouldn't really capitalize on Hannah's strengths. Splash likely will remain Hannah's defining role in the minds of many who followed her career. A boyishly charming Tom Hanks would prove here that he also is ready to take on A-list leading man roles. Reportedly, he took on this film after many, many comedic leading men passed on it. He often quips that he was like the 11th choice for the role. There may have been even more than that, according to some of the trivia that I read on this film. Perennial scene-stealer John Candy delivers an energetic comedic performance as Alan's loudish id propelled brother named Freddie who nevertheless looks out for Alan through thick and thin makes him a very endearing role and there are even a couple of scenes that require John Candy to actually put on a little bit more dramatic chops and he does them quite well. A lot of people are actually surprised when they look back at some of Candy's early work and see some of those acting chops that he didn't get to flex, oftentimes in character-based roles that were much more broad in his filmography. As I mentioned, Splash is directed by Ron Howard. This is one of his early films. He earned some comedy kudos for his work a couple of years prior, a film called Night Shift. He's an actor turned filmmaker and he was always seen that way, at least at that time. Now, of course, most people know him as a director, but back then he played very delightfully on the border between this romantic comedy and also some screwball comedy antics and offered very sweet, very funny sequences. There's a trip to Bloomingdale's in order for Madison to try to make herself up as a land walking woman in a very sophisticated New York City. There's a trip to a seafood restaurant that reveals that the mermaid has a much different way of eating lobster than humans traditionally would. A little trivia here, Hannah in real life is a vegetarian so she didn't want to eat real lobsters so she ate, depending on where you read it, she either ate tofu or she ate potatoes in the heart of palm. Although she was very anguished over the fact that lobsters had to die in order to provide the shelves for that scene. Given that Ron Howard really spent his entire life as an actor in front of the camera, I think he at this point of his career was definitely a director known for allowing his cast to riff liberally with the comedy. He let them breathe their own personalities into these roles that were ready-made in order to serve up. It works very well in allowing us to instantly identify with these characters that might have come across thinly without some looseness in their deliveries and we have some actors here and some comedic talent that is able to improvise a lot of that personality into those roles. Believe it or not, Splash's script would go on to garner an Oscar nomination. And as far as Ron Howard goes, he would end up reuniting with Tom Hanks a little bit further down the road, much further down the road really for The Da Vinci Code, and it's thus far only two sequels, although disappointingly those films fail to recapture the chemistry and the charisma that brought forward their first pairing in Splash. The practical effects that are used in this film involve the, the switch from legs to fishtail. They're pretty convincing, mostly because the metamorphosis is wisely kept off of the screen and into our own imaginations as to how they go back and forth between tail and legs. What's more impressive are the many scenes of Daryl Hannah, who came into this film an experienced scuba diver. She ends up doing a lot of her own stunts with that fish tail on, reportedly weighed about 35 pounds. And it looked like the up and down motion... Using fiberglass and latex and whatnot truly propels the mermaid into swimming at a very good clip. And in fact, the crew had a hard time keeping up with Daryl Hannah as she was swimming around underwater. Many underwater acting scenes had to have been physically demanding as well. It did require Ron Howard and a lot of the cast and crew to get certified in scuba in order to film those scenes. But again, they still look as effortless as they should in terms of making the mermaid seem more at ease while underwater than she is out of it. Splash becomes a little bit less fun or maybe less interesting when the subplot involving Walter Kornbluth, which is the scientist who is trying to out the mermaid for all to see, he plans to put her into this research facility that will unfortunately end up perhaps leading to her ultimate demise. Eugene Levy's fine in the role. Interestingly, a little bit of trivia here, Eugene Levy, who happens to be John Candy's SCTV colleague, he was cast here because... Candy recommended him, but Candy really, when he first read the script, wanted to play Walter Kornbluth in that role, but was talked into playing the brother Freddy, and I, I think it works better that way anyway. Eugene Levy's character is deliberately unlikable, so the laughs that he's supposed to generate to the degree that his inclusion might suggest are really not there as much, regardless of how many pratfalls he has to take to shore up the comedy in terms of having a bad week. The subplot also adds to the total runtime, which... At 111 minutes for a romantic comedy is about 20 minutes longer than the norm, so the unnecessary emphasis on these thriller elements that began to dominate the film in the final act seemed to undermine some of the overall pleasures of the film's buildup. Luckily for the film's reputation, I think that most viewers who've seen Splash have more fond memories of all of the fun and those romantic elements in the premise. They've long since forgotten the darker detours in the final act and probably have just learned to overlook them for some of the pleasures of the comedy and the romance found earlier. Although the story elements are often in this film contrived, sometimes they're also far-fetched. Even though the film is a fantasy, yes, the charming nature of the characters and the potency of the comedies is still able to elevate Splash into becoming one of the more well-liked films of the 1980s. So it's one of those movies that really ranks highly in terms of how many people like the movie, even though I think how much they like the movie may widely vary among people because I think it fits the bill for people who are in the mood for it. Hanks is very winning here. John Candy is often hilarious. Hannah is herself endearing, and Ron Howard keeps it all together with enough momentum to overcome some of the pitfalls in that leaden finale I was talking about. I think characterizations are really the key to a good comedy, and thanks to a talented troupe, a committed director, a very funny script, I think Splash emerges as one of the more delightful romantic comedy concoctions of the 1980s. So I'm going to give Splash three and a half stars out of four. Three and a half stars on my scale means that I think that Splash is a good film and I do think you should see it if this sounds of appeal to you. Thanks everyone for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the review. Click that subscribe button if you haven't done so already as we continue to journey around the world in 1980s movies. As far as what we're going to be doing next because I know a lot of you want to watch the films before I come up for the review. Well, we might as well keep it up with another film, a Disney film, an actual Disney film, not a Touchstone Pictures release. Of course, featuring a mermaid. I think you're already ahead of me here. The Little Mermaid from 1989 will be the next feature on this podcast. So check that out before next week and I'll deliver the review of that film to you. But before I go, I also want to mention that I have done a review of Ready Player One. I know a lot of 1980s references are in that film coming from the book that was full of 1980s references. So I do encourage those of you who are into 1980s cinema and also watch that film, check out the Quipster Film Review Podcast where I cover that film. Quipster is spelled with a W-Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R. Until next time, thank you everyone for taking this journey with me around the world in 80s movies.